Welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast, where we discuss business solutions to help listeners develop and implement action plans for true lean process improvement. I am your host, Patrick Adams. Hello and welcome to the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't noticed, we've been a little scarce on uh, publishing episodes of the Lean Solutions Podcast. Well, there's a reason for that. We're actually building up and getting ready to launch season two of the Lean Solutions Podcast. So I'm excited for all of you to be part of that in 2023 as we get back to consistent regular episodes of some of your most favorite guests, uh, similar to what we've had in the last few years, uh, but also we're going to be reaching out to many new guests uh, who are helping to promote lean solutions around the globe. So look forward to that. But today what I'd like to do is I'd like to uh, play a recording of a summit that I recently spoke at. The Lean Product and Process Development Exchange is a nonprofit organization created to foster opportunities to grow and share the knowledge, expertise, and experiences that help organizations use lean product development to dramatically improve product development performance. Uh, you can check them out if you go out on the web at IPPDE.org. Uh, I recently spoke at their virtual summit and I spoke on the topic of how to develop your lean product and process development process utilizing a Kaizen event focus. So it's a, uh, this is a great uh, opportunity for you, you to just listen in and uh, hear a couple things about how we at Lean Solutions uh, deploy lean product and process development into organizations utilizing the Kaizen event approach. So I hope you enjoy this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. And uh, a bit stressed, uh, Patrick, but I, I'm really, really glad about this presentation and that you are here with us because it, it is a very interesting topic. I think we can learn a lot. So Patrick Adams, please. All right. Well, thank you again, uh, and I appreciate the opportunity and the time to come and present to all of you. And uh, I'm looking forward to this presentation. I think uh, I've listened in on a couple of the presentations prior and and definitely a lot of really, really great content uh, coming your way. And, and just uh, I appreciate the opportunity to be part of it. So thank you for having me. Uh, for those of you that are note takers, I always like to give uh, kind of a, a few bullet points uh, when I run through a presentation like this on different things that I'll be talking about. So if you are a note taker, uh, we will be hitting on uh, lean product and process development very briefly, uh, only because I know we have a number of experts uh, in the room, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that, but I think it's important as we talk about uh, how we run lean product and process development events, how we facilitate um, I think that d just the um, initial definitions and in, in the way that we establish uh, a, a kind of a level set understanding of lean product and process development in the beginning of an event is very important. Um, we also, I want to cover with you lean product and process development event logistics, how we run an actual event helping teams, organizations develop their lean product and process development uh, process, uh, again, for many different size organizations and many different industries. So I want to run through some of those points. And then I also want to talk about visual management uh, and OBIA and how we utilize visual management to uh, help uh, sustain the, the work that's done during a, a uh, lean product and process development event. That's what we're going to talk about today. 
Um, so again, uh, for the sake of this presentation, I'm not going to define lean product and process development for all of you. Um, however, in facilitating a lean product and process development event, uh, we do have team members that join us who are not familiar with lean product and process development. So it is important that we take the time up front during an actual event to level set and define what lean product and process development is, as well as the process that we're going to go through to actually help them develop their lean product and process development process for the organization. Um, one of the things I do want to mention here, though, is I, I do like to mention Alan Ward's study of the Toyota production system, where Ward said that lean product development seeks to address issues uh, such as uh, reduction of long development cycle times, uh, reducing high costs of development, the need for more innovative solutions, um, reduction of production costs, and then even redevelopment cycles, uh, lean product development stands behind the philosophy of of not letting perfection get in the way of progress right and it leverage it also leverages that pareto principle that 20 percent of a product's features will most likely deliver 80 percent of the benefits that are sought out by customers of of that organ of any organization but alan ward wasn't the only expert to study and promote lean product development. Obviously, we've heard from a number of people today, and and uh, and I'm sure you'll hear from many people in the future that that consider themselves experts on lean product and process development. But I do want to mention and cover or just touch on two people that I think are key in really understanding lean product and process development. Uh, this is Tim Shipper. Tim is actually a friend of mine. He's the author of Innovative Lean Development. Um, he works in West Michigan uh, for a large manufacturing company uh, that we do a lot of work with. And Tim actually defines lean product development by some pretty simple key points. He says that we need to optimize the value equation and the product value. Um, and then he gives us these nine recommendations, which I think are always key. I've actually had Tim come and speak at a couple of our events and kind of walk the teams through uh, during the first day, which I am going to give you, I'm going to show you an agenda of what an event looks like. But during the first day, we always like to have speakers like Tim come in and actually talk about, you know, some of the learnings that they've had in deploying lean uh, product and process development. Uh, so in talking with the team, uh, Tim gave nine recommendations for any organization looking to adopt lean product development. The first one was that knowledge sharing is key. He suggests that finding a, a way to share learning across the enterprise uh, is, is so important and that basically we shouldn't be trying to reinvent the wheel you know every time we have a new product that's that we're trying to develop or a new product that's you know being uh, rolled out to the to uh to our customers we, we should use our past learnings to accelerate the process whenever possible um, number two we want to spend more time learning up front i heard a little bit of that uh, already today but this is where those rapid learning cycles come in um, the more experimentation, the more prototyping, uh, the, the product testing that can be conducted up front, the better, right? Um, and then number three is don't fear failure. You know, this is a big one, especially for organizations uh, here in the U.S. You know, we have uh, traditionally many organizations struggle with uh, fear-based cultures. And, you know, a lot of individuals struggle with the idea of experimenting and trying things uh, you know, with the the possibility of having failure, right? So that's that's a um, an important one to to touch on. 
Um, number four, developing goals up front. So understanding and knowing what we're looking for up front and, and looking at that from the, the customer's point of view. So VOC as early as possible. Um, number five, he's, he talks about defining the illities, which was always really confusing to me when he first rolled that out. But some examples of that are uh, words like durability or flexibility. Um, and, and then also understanding what are the non-negotiable non items that will ensure success for that particular product. Uh, we don't want to move ahead without completing work up front, right? So we don't want to, I, I've heard, you know, different uh, questions and comments about phase gates. Obviously, if we hit a phase gate and uh, there's certain work that hasn't been completed, we don't want to move ahead. We want to make sure that everything is complete prior so that we can move ahead knowing that the work that we're that we've done is 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 ready and complete to move ahead. Number seven is allowing groups to work in parallel. Um, number eight is mapping out and identifying key stakeholders and, and key decisions. And then number nine is focusing on the product up front. So again, the question is, how do we do all of this in an event? I'm sure that's what you're wondering. It's not the norm for uh, for a organization to conduct a you know, an event to develop their lean product and process development process. So how does that actually happen? Well, this past year, I actually met with uh, Dr. Jeff Liker and we discussed his uh, book, uh, Designing the Future, uh, which, which is, it was new, I guess at the time it's not new anymore, but he and Jim Morgan wrote about how Ford, Toyota, and some of the other world-class organizations use lean product development to drive innovation and transform their business. And, and Dr. Liker explained to me that lean product development is a system. You know, and during their research at the University of Michigan, which was concurrent with the with uh, work that was being done at Harvard, a series of research studies uh, under undertook and resulted in deeper understanding of specific practices and tools that were used at Toyota. And again, you some of you may be familiar with with these, uh, but you know, one important point that Dr. Liker made was that copying Toyota wasn't the right way to go, right? He was adamant that a copy and paste would not work in new product development practices for any company. So, so lean transformation really is a journey of experimentation and learning, and it's really about building your own system and culture that, that's going to work for you. Um, however, he did explain, obviously, that in his in his book that he does um, build on the 13 principles that define lean in development at Toyota. Uh, and those, I'm not going to walk through all 13 of those, but definitely, if if you're interested uh, that if and you haven't read his book, uh, that would be a, a, a great place to start. But the facilitation techniques and uh, the event process that I'm going to share with you are built on the learnings from Dr. Liker, from Jim Morgan, from Tim Shipper, and many others that uh, we have met with personally, and also through our own learning uh, as we've deployed this process out with many different organizations. So let me walk you through what that looks like. We always begin with an on-site assessment uh, and interviews with key stakeholders. So this helps us to assess the true current state of each organization's product and pro 
process, product and process development process. Uh, and, and we meet with stakeholders from key functions to really understand the, the current state. Many times we ask the same questions to everyone that we meet with because when we ask the same questions, we look for patterns in the answers and that those, those answers really become data for us, right? So we're collecting data as we're having these interviews um, about the current state. But conversations with uh, team and executive leaders really help to create the goals for the event and the future of product development uh, at the company. So um, we're also helpful, help, uh, very careful to ensure that we uh, understand what's in scope and what's out of scope for the event. Uh, right, we're gonna, we, we're squeezing a lot of work into a very short amount of time. So it's important that we aren't spending time. Uh, spinning our wheels or or heading down rabbit holes that are not uh, necessary for the event, but you know this this obviously helps with scope creep. It allows us to stay on track and and really meet the event goals. Uh, our project charter is created and agreed upon. It's signed off by executive decision makers, and then uh, any missing information for that's needed for the event is assigned to the team for completion prior to the first day of the the actual event. So what does the event look like? Well, this is a timeline um, and, you know, again, with every organization, it may look a little bit different. Um, obviously, this is a, a very high level uh, view of what we might go through during a lean product and process development event. Uh, but we really try to complete an event in five days, which is which is seems a little uh, crazy, I'm sure. Uh, but we we follow with testing and adjustments that are done after the event with real product launch examples. So we might we might uh, after an event we might follow two or three actual product launches and you know coach and adjust as needed uh, with actual product uh, launch launches after the event itself. But I want to walk through kind of what a a, a five day event might look like in general. Um, day one is usually dedicated to um, some training. I'm going to talk about that shortly. Um, a current state uh, current state map uh, exercise, and then day two we get into future state, uh, all the way into day three where we start to, to develop the Obaya. Uh, then we're mocking and simulating. Uh, we usually simulate with a real product example, run that through the Obaya. Um, and then we, we're updating and creating work instructions, making sure that there's a good plan for training and controls uh, after the event itself. Uh, and then obviously, as I mentioned, there's future state evaluation that happens uh, after the event itself. Um, we always give the teams a, a daily snapshot of the agenda. We do this with every any type of Kaizen event that we are, we are uh, deploying, but um, the, the agenda looks something like this where uh, every day the team knows exactly uh, what we're working on. This is a, this Kanban approach really helps keep the team members and us, you know, on track and helps us gauge our day to be sure that we're not missing anything. It also allows us to see if we're falling behind or if we need to adjust accordingly. Um, and that's reevaluated every day during the event itself. Um, this is this is one 
team that, that we worked with, obviously this is a very large team and for some organizations that do have a very large team, uh, we would utilize um, more than one facilitator. Uh, it would be normally two to three facilitators for a team this size. But we ask organizations to provide a cross-functional team with representation across all functions of the product development process. This would include those uh, at the corporate office as well as any external affiliates, sometimes suppliers, even customers of the process. Each event begins with an executive kickoff you know, to really motivate the team and, and identify any boundaries for decision making, ensure that they have the support that they need to inspire uh, change within the process. Uh, we do take time to review the event charter to ensure alignment around the problems to really answer why, you know, why are we in here? Why are we working on this together? Um, and then what are the goals for the event uh, for the for the five days? And then also, you know, coming out of the event, what are some of the goals there? We also use this time to review those in scope and out of scope uh, items that are necessary in order again to just keep us on track and moving in the right direction. Um, our day one training uh, normally includes an introduction to lean, to process improvement, to waste reduction, an introduction to Kaizen. We also uh, always incorporate a few icebreaker activities, uh, such as our PDCA uh, ball throw or ball toss, and then the famous marshmallow challenge. Uh, if, you have, if you're not familiar with the marshmallow challenge, uh, this is probably my most favorite activity when it comes to lean product and process development. It, is, it fits so perfectly with uh, lean product and process development. So the marshmallow challenge learnings then fit you know, perfectly in uh, with the team. And then uh, again, we, we utilize the data that's that was collected by Peter Skillman, who actually launched or uh, put together and, and, and uh, used the uh, Marshmallow Challenge across many different organizations uh, in 2006 and after. But we use the, the hands-on practical experience that the team receives in order to build that into the events and activities that will happen after, um, the, uh, after day one of the training. Um, and then this is another really, really great activity. I'm going to kind of break this one down and show you some details of this particular activity, but um, we call it the four L's retrospective. We ask the team four questions. Uh, what do you like? So that's the first L is like. What do you like about the current state? What does the current state lack? So L is the, it lack is the second L. And then what have we learned is the third L, learned. And what do we long for? Uh, so those are the four L's retrospective. We'll ask those four questions to the entire group, and you can see the post-its on the wall there. Uh, normally, we do this as a post-it activity, uh, and as we ask the questions, the team members are bringing up post-it notes with one answer per post-it note, and we're putting those up on the wall. After the activity is done, uh, we will utilize the, uh, we'll, we'll um, uh, bring the post-its together and cluster them to see if we have any large uh, data sets that really will help us to identify, again, we're talking specifically about the current state. So what does the team uh, like about the current state? What is the current state lacking? What have we learned? And then what do we long for? And then these, the, the answers to this really uh, help to, to initiate some conversations around our future state creation. So this is the beginning of uh, our future state as we move from current to future. But we always use post-it notes, as I mentioned. We summarize the information for the team and provide the data to the team to use for 
that, that future state creation. So this exercise is done in eight minutes. It's very fast. Um, and as you can see by this chart, the team delivered, this particular team delivered 103 total post-it notes for things that the current state lacks. Uh, they delivered 83 for what they long for, 58 post-it notes for learnings, and then 38 items that they really liked about the current state. When we broke these down into categories, uh, in, we broke them down into uh, a kind of affinity cluster and paraded them, and the team was able to then use this data in mapping the current state and the development of future state alternative, which, which we're going to talk about here in, in just a minute. Uh, so, so if we look at one of these in detail, this is a what we long for. Um, the, the number one answer with 14 votes was a standard process. Then this this particular team felt like each launch team was approaching product launches in a completely different way. So the lack of standard processes was causing uh, a lot of confusion and frustration, resulting in in product launches to be much more longer than they needed uh, to meet customer needs. The next uh, two items that this team longed for were realistic timelines uh, and visibility to the long-term strategy. So. I mean, it seems like a plausible request, right? But the, the the activity to do this and get the team on the same page was just, is always just so powerful. Um, you know, some items give greater clarity, team autonomy, waste elimination, uh, the identification of roles, responsibilities. Um, really, this exercise uh, helps us to, you know, really level set on the, on the issues uh, and the opportunities that the current state offers. The current state mapping exercise is always necessary and beneficial. I would always say never to skip this step. Uh, with larger product development processes, we actually separate the current state into phases, and then we split the team up to map each section, and then we pull all of that together and review it all as one team. Uh, and then once the team has completely agreed on the current state, we take time to add waste and other problems that haven't already been discussed. As you can see with this particular team, this was a massive undertaking, a huge current state map, um, but well worth the time to be able to uh, put in and, and um, level set on what that current state looks like. Um, and that's all in day one. So now we move into day two, and uh, day two begins with, uh, with a little bit uh, of classroom training around future state design resources. Um, an activity that we call the perfect day exercise from the customer standpoint, what does a perfect uh, product, uh, a product development process look like? Uh, but once, once we complete with that, we actually divide into uh, groups, uh, into sub teams, and we ask each of them to develop a high level future state map using the future state design criteria and principles that we talk about in the morning on day two. So those items that the team identifies uh, as the stuff that they long for, uh, and then also we want them to remove as much waste as possible in the current state product and process development process. So each of those sub teams goes into a different conference room or away from each other, and they develop what they feel is the best future state design given the learnings that they have had on day one and day two. On day three, the teams come back together and they report out on all the different alternatives. So we might have three or four, five different alternative future state designs. Now these alternatives, they discuss as a group, they vote on based on the, the future state criteria, 
and then they develop an agreed upon single best potential solution. Uh, and these, this solution then becomes the future state of new product development for the company. Uh, sometimes one of the alternatives is becomes the future state. Other times they take what they like from different parts, different alternatives, and they put that together into one future state design that they develop together as a group. And then once once they've agreed upon that, you know, we'll move that future state map into Visio or some type of software that can be used to act to assess the approach going forward. Um, this potential the potential solutions that will practice and adjust after the event, right? The, the, these are put down in, in obviously some type of structured format. Um, and then again, during the next two days, uh, sub teams will actually create the breakdown and detailed work instructions inside of each of the agreed upon development phases. Uh, training standards are also created and then rolled out, rolled out uh, as possible. Um, finally, visual management is developed to help track and manage uh, product launches. So the Obaya space becomes a great way to incorporate uh, conversations and updates for leadership. So this is also part of the event. All, uh, you know, and this is normally happening end of day three, uh, beginning of day four. So again, I, I don't know how many of you have heard of the term Obaya. I'm sure most of you have, but it means big room. The approach uh, works great for new product development launch teams. It also gives great opportunity for leadership to easily, easily visualize the status of a launch uh, and, and then also gives, you know, some questions when uh, we, we give them some questions when we're developing an Obaya. Um, so some of the things that we might ask them are, you know, can you see the work, the flow of work from left to right across the wall? Uh, can we see what one unit of work looks like? Can we see and immediately understand the status of a unit of work, right? And a unit of work could be um, an actual product launch. It could be a, a breakdown in a piece uh, within a product launch. Uh, it just depends on how the team defines what a unit of work is. But another question might be, uh, has the work been properly refined before it comes into the uh, the Obaya? Uh, you know, is it assigned to somebody? What What's the time estimation? Uh, that type of thing. So we always include a, some kind of a color key or a legend. We post that on the wall. We have a huddle agenda huddle schedule, huddle roles and responsibilities. Um, the team understands what their true North KPIs are. So if we want to ask them, how do we define success for a product launch? They should be able to tell us what, what, uh, what that means. How do we define success for a product launch? Um, we always ensure there's an escalation plan. So if a product launch is falling behind based on what we've defined for success or you know time estimation or whatever that may be, then we have an escalation plan for how to get that that product launch back on track. Uh, executive leadership managers should be in regular attendance of these meetings to help the team remove roadblocks, receive uh, feedback, uh, even receive tactics, you know, propositions from the team. Um, it's really a two-way conversation that happens there. So, you know, Obaya, uh, the Obaya meeting should really be cross-functional in attendance, just like the just like the event itself. Um, you know, I've seen some teams that have utilized uh, technology for teams that are not in the same physical space. Uh, but obviously, you know, I love in-person 
meetings like the one you see here. Uh, you know, these, this fosters direct communication at all levels of the organization. Um, it helps us to see the visual schedule. Uh, again, just a, a visual representation of whether we're ahead or behind, a visual representation of the entire product development process. Uh, we're really, the, the goal is to catch issues as early as possible, identify, communicate, you know, assign them to the right person. And then some of you may be uh, familiar with Agile, but some of the Agile principles, you know, usually tie into our OBIAs as well. You know, we we really um, we take things uh, that are that are considered ungroomed black backlog. So any new product, uh, new product that are going to enter into the system, you know, need to be discussed before they actually enter into. Uh, the the uh, the visual system. So the, then the middle wall, you know, changes continuously, but it's useful to review at least once per you know sprint or uh, as part of a retrospective. And then you know the right wall changes continuously and should be reviewed at least once per day or minimum weekly. Um, again, with that product launch team meeting at that board and having uh, constant conversations about what's happening around that particular product launch. Um, you know, they have to agree on time frame, uh, huddle agenda, you know, again, some of this can be adjusted over time, but it has to be posted along with any types of rules. Uh, catch ball was, is another thing that, that we always talk to teams about uh, during the development of the OBIA, but we want to make sure that, uh, that we're creating and maintaining open feedback loops across all levels of the organization. Uh, by establishing really that the two-way communication, um, you know, for information sharing. And leaders are really expected to show up at the OBIA and have real conversations with the team about their product launches. So this is an opportunity for leadership to communicate any changes, recognize uh, staff members, you know, also for leadership to listen and respond to the team about any roadblocks or, or requests for help. Um, and, and the last thing I want to mention about this uh, is, you know, just making sure that managers understand their role. You know, their role is to really support the workers, uh, so show humility. They're not there to tell everybody what to do, but they're really asking genuine questions. Uh, what are your struggles? What can I do to help? Is there anything that, that I can escalate? They're listening actively. It's really... Um, not a time to, to show control and tell the team, but really a time to listen, get alignment and uh, understanding of common goals. So, you know, attending these meetings are, are necessary uh, and also uh, seeking to understand and really spending time to uh, actually respond to the things that are, that are said. So here are some of the questions that, you know, might happen, might come from leaders when they're attending a launch team's OBIA meeting. You know, what do you think? Thank you. Uh, what do you need from me? You know, apologizing, uh, value your contribution, right? This is the humble leader leading as a, a humble leader. Um, and then uh, after the event, it's imperative that the team follows real product launches. You know, I mentioned this, but this is after the event itself. We need to understand what are the roadblocks, the hangups, the problems, or whatever uh, to, to ensure good flow throughout. Right, it's it's a really a, a larger PDCA cycle, right? So we need to be willing to uh, learn and adjust as we are following through with the the, the results of the event 
on a, on a real product launch. You know, this was actually a, a necessary point that came from uh, Dr. Liker. He said that, you know, one five-day event is not going to result in, a, in successful lean product launches. There has to be continued follow-up with real launches, following the process closely, and seeking out learning points. Um, the, again, the team has to be flexible to adjust uh, and act as the new pro process is, is really checked throughout. Um, it's a, remember, it's a journey of experimentation. It, it, it's an opportunity to develop the process over time following those consistent, you know, PDCA cycles throughout. Um, so that is kind of an overview of how the event works and, and how we lead it. You know, just uh, uh, coming, kind of bringing everything uh, back around to the, the notes that I uh, threw up at the beginning. Um, you know, lean product development is uh, addressing reduction of long development cycle times. It's reducing high cost of development, production costs, right, those redevelopment cycles. Um, basically, we're looking to maximize the product value while minimizing waste in the process. Um, and again, those, those nine uh, recommendations from Tim that I covered, uh, knowledge sharing was key, spend more time uh, learning up front, don't fear failure, develop goals up front, define the illities, uh, don't move ahead without completing work up front, allow groups to work in parallel, map out and identify key, key stakeholders and key decisions, and then focus on the product up front. Um, I won't, again, I'm not gonna go through the 13 principles that define lean leadership that Dr. Liker laid out, but I think there's a couple that are really key. Um, the first one, establishing customer-defined value to separate uh, value-add from waste, uh, making sure that we have a some type of a chief engineer to, to oversee the entire system is something that we always push for because the, the value of having one person overseeing the entire process uh, is, is just so uh, imperative. Uh, but organizing, uh, you know, to balance functional expertise and cross-functional integration, there's just so many good points that come out of, uh, of those 13 points. Um, and then, uh, you know, just kind of going back to the event itself, on the, the pre-work, so on-site assessment and interviews, data collection, problem identification, goal creation, project charter, uh, those are all important pieces of the pre-work. Um, some important points, uh, you know, to, to understand about the event itself, the pre-work is key, ensuring uh, executive kickoff, use activities and ice, icebreakers to keep people engaged, use visual management, uh, the OBIA, which is the means the big room, right, and then daily management, keeping it visual, consistent, ensuring that leaders are engaged to support, ask questions, remove roadblocks. Uh, those are basically the, the main key points of how we facilitate and run a lean product to process development event. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of the Lean Solutions Podcast. If you haven't done so already, please be sure to subscribe. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you feel so inclined, please give us a review. Thank you so much.